Hey everyone, I'm Tari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. So, before we begin, this is a safe space for everyone. So, whenever you want to come here, just to shut up and roll around you. And just immerse yourself from the on, on CSI. We're here for you on this world of scientists fighting criminals. And also, this episode is releasing a couple of days before Christmas. So, if you're listening to this on Christmas or, or, or around it, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa. Exactly. Happy holiday. We're coming back next week, okay? You're not getting rid of us, okay? We're, we're coming in strong, okay? Even with hiatus, we're still going to give you guests content, okay? We're, we still have a lot of ideas. So, and special we... announcements. We have a guest star coming up in January that we, we all going to love. We do. We do. We... Gregory Pollagem Sanders. If you have... That was announced the other night. The other night for us, it was Wednesday night slash Thursday morning for y'all. Well, so Maura, she posted a picture with the cats, and I didn't really notice at first. And then she sent it to me. Friends, Milana, Milana, if you listen to this, probably not. But if you are, thank you, because you've made me come back to that picture. And then I looked at a picture again, and I was like, oh my God, is that Greg? Is that my Grego? He sent it to me. Yeah. And I said, yes, that's Greg. So Greg Sanders is back. He's back. He's going to come back in January. And we're going to mention him just right now. Okay. Let's, so let's begin. So the episode begins. And I just want to make a little complaint here. Why? Why do people keep using classical songs <laughs> on stereo? Yeah. And it's easy listening for some hard watching. Look, okay, I love classical music. And then when Lucky Mosley started playing, I was like, love that. And then I realized it was being used as a killer was chasing down his victim, which turned out to be his second victim. Well, so the, the episode begins with Lucky Mosley playing in the background. And this is the type of bad thing that, um, classical music yes so so a female vic is running from a killer next thing we see is Catherine asking max for a locker next to penny because she reminds her of one i wonder who that is maybe it's somebody by the name of Greg. yeah does he his name starts with greg and then with sanders maybe no i was thinking grace because she just lost Grace? Or maybe that. I was thinking more, you know what? I think it's a mix. Yes. I think it's a mix because at the beginning, you know, like Greg was a lab tag and then he wanted to become a CSI regardless of the pay. And, and, that's, and that is completely justified. If you want to follow your dreams and the pay is not exactly how much you deserve. Do you want to do it? Just do it. And in the beginning, sometimes he wouldn't make the right assumptions or he was too afraid to say something and or sometimes he would do the wrong thing greg needed a second chance to fully become a csi right and he became a csi one in one of my favorite csi episodes ever it was like bones episode which i absolutely love so ellie is already at the scene 
And we find out that Ellie has her level three test coming up. She is about to become a CSI level three and she needs to pass a test. So we're going to see Josh and Serena just want to her about questions of the CSI field. And Penny is at a scene with Ellie and Josh, and Penny mentions that it's really hard to sprint in the course that. And I was like, how does Penny know that? And I was thinking that maybe Penny already cosplayed it once. Maybe that's, I mean, corsets and stuff, it's in itself already hard thing to wear because it's for the free to breathe. I had to wear one, one, one. But also, she could just know it because it's very in right now because of Richardson. Yeah, okay. That thing is already hard enough to move. It's going to compress your back, it's going to compress your lungs. And your horse, okay, don't wear it for a very long time. It's not healthy. So the victim's hands, pads, it's still intact. But and there is no exit wound. So Allie and Josh think that the bullet might still be inside the victims. And Penny noticed that the that the modes isn't setting. And she thinks there might be some chemical interference, and then she realizes that it's actually chlorine bleach. And also, Josh realizes that the victim was able to rip some of the killer's beard with her hand. So, right at the beginning of the episode, Ellie's already giving signs that she doesn't want to be a Josh. Well, he's also being very annoying this episode. Yeah, Josh is being very annoying, but Ellie doesn't really want to be around him. And before she leaves for the first crime scene, then learn that, that there is another body. The first crime scene is also saturated with Ellie seems to be not uncomfortable, but not even bothered is not the right word. But it feels like she doesn't really want to be around neither Josh or Serena. She seems to be okay around Serena right now. Yeah, I'll slow down. So the when when Serena and Allie were questioning one of the when they were questioning one of the witnesses, they find out that both of the victims they were having an affair. And her name is I have it somewhere prudent Hudmutter. And before they are talking to her Bell is with Catherine and Jay. I think that's his name. They talk about a motorist fraud and a smudge. And Bell says those are technical terms. But could Well, so Serena find, finds that the sort of booth where the first victim was shot had captured the moment that the victim was murdered. And then Jax confirmed to Max that he only ever found the residue on the female victim. And Max says that the weapon might have a damaged barrel because the wound was too damaged. The tissue around the wound was too damaged. So Max concludes that the weapon was damaged. And then... We still see Chavez and Ellie 
listening to witnesses and Shadi's quite heavily mentions that she Bronte was her thing. And in our case, yeah, Bronte was as in the Bronte sisters. Braves got Bridgerton and I got Twilight. It was that okay, whatever. So they find out that Shelby, the female big, was married, but her husband didn't do it. Oh, didn't do it. Although he had the same two sides that he shaves every morning, it was unlikely that he was the one that did it because later in the episode, we find out that the killer had a chemical brunt. So, and also the fact that he had a reliable alibi at the foot. Everybody goes to the eclipse. Anybody? Well, Penny finds out that the murderer was on antipsychotics, but he hasn't been on them for a month. The killer was on Helloperidol. Helloperidol. It is a medication. I'm just going to read the description given to me by Google. Helloperidol, sold under the brand name Haldel, among others, is a typical antipsychotic medication, and it is used in the treatment of schizophrenia. Ticks and Torrance syndrome, mania and bipolar disorder, delirium, ag agitation, acute psychosis, and hallucinations from alcohol withdrawal. So, we already see this chasm with this pattern before. So, we don't realize that until the very end. So, both finds out. But the traits they found is crackle scat, which is a blackboard scat. And it's like, as Penny puts it, it's like pigeons for Halloween year. I just love that description, by the way. And both things, they can narrow down the search area based on the residue of the sound, quite literally. So they actually reminded me of this one episode earlier on the investigation. That they find a human eye on the bird nest and they have to narrow down the geographical location based on whatever they found on the, on the nest to find the body. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's go back to Vegas. So Sonia says that there was never a bullet inside the victim's, the victim's heads. There were never bullets. And Max thinks that the weapon is uh, captured. It's a captive gold pistol, which means that it's not a trigger, but kind of like a screw, and would go into the victim's head and then turn back to the weapon. So that's how they die. It will never leave any residue, and it will never stay on the person's head, but it would have to be in a close range of proximity in order for the victim to die. So, another person is killed, but it turns out this is the almost victim, she would be a victim from the first episode. His name, his name is Lamont Moore. His killer was supposed to be Ellen first. I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name. Well, so... Then we go to the scene that was shown on season one, on the season one finale. It was the big, it was the TV talking about this week's episode murder. We see the killer, so everything's coming together. So the scene that we saw on 
the handheld to see the one finale was from this episode, but I don't think they shot it. They had shot this whole thing back then. They just shot this scene and then they put the scene that they had already shot it into this episode. So otherwise, the show was reused footage. Yeah. So I have this one thing. Okay, so guys, you know that it takes me about three to four hours to rewatch a single episode because I keep pausing it and noticing details that I didn't notice before. And one thing that I didn't notice was the color white. Why everything was so white? Besides the name of the episode, like because the name of the episode is the the white the white room, right? In the right room. In the right room. And. It just, it got me curious because it was white. Everything was too white. And I was like, okay, it has to have some meaning. What is the meaning of this? And I was like, I need to go and look for the meaning of the color white. Okay. So the color white can have negatives or positive meanings. There was a, so the positive meanings of the color white is cleanness, freshness, and simplicity. And it can symbolize a new beginning or fresh source. On the negative side, it can seem stark, cold, and isolated. And the color white also invokes the feeling of harmony. And if you look at the scene, at, at that a specific scene, everything is a mess inside the killer's lair, which we find out later that his name is actually the bad words. Everything. Yeah. Everything is a mess. Literally, everything is a mess. We see, we see literally a pot of food near a lamp that is on the table side. And then we see a bunch of books throw, throw it away on the floor. Like everything is literally a mess. Even the windows are covered in white papers. But if you look around the if you just look at the scene, it feels like everything is in harmony because everything is white. The only thing that is out of the only thing that is out of the ordinary in that scene is the killer's hands that covered by blood. That is literally the only thing that is out of the ordinary. But if you take that out of the equation, everything is in harmony. So I think this. Serial killer. I, mean, I don't know if he's a serial killer, but I think that it should be someone that is organized in the sense the way that he kills people, but not too organized on the way that he takes care of his own house. Because everything's a mess, but everything's in white. I mean, it can, it can be something, it can be industry, okay? So just something that I thought of. You know, he's watching it. Ellie finds out that Limon was trying to stay out of the grid because she finds a box with a lot of money inside of it. And he was working at the hotel where the victims had died. So, so then they find their connection. And they actually, Josh and Max realize that Limon had heard the killer. He had thrown bleach and him after Josh and Serena went back to the hotel to look at the place where Lin was 
continues to work and they find a lot of needs and then Josh from my spirits and then they come to the conclusion that Jimmy Mullins had her the killer and possibly blinded him. And when you put Limon's picture and the other victims, the other male victims picture together, they really look alike. And the killer was hurt, couldn't really tell who was who. So he killed someone he, he wasn't supposed to kill. Oh, um, Catherine. He yeah. realizes that Penny is onto something after she, after Gold tells her, after Meg, after Gold tells her that their best evidence is still this cat, this cat that they found on all of the crime scenes. All of the victims had the same cat trees on their wounds. So that is still her best evidence. So Catherine realizes that Penny still. She had something to share, but she wouldn't. And then, and then she didn't pressure her, but then Bo and Penny, they ended up finding the location, through the, the location where the killer leads through, or that was present on the sample that they found on the wounds of the, of the victim. It's time for closing time. Josh comes back to the scene where Allie is, which is the Lamont scene. And right. then Allie tells him that the only place where she didn't look, she the only thing that she didn't use is Lamont. And then Josh is still questioning yeah, her about. Jesus, dude, let you don't want to be constantly studying. You're about to have a big man. That just creates more stress. Exactly. That is literally. I think he was, maybe he was, maybe he was onto the fact that she was kind of avoiding him for some reason, but he didn't really know how to ask her about it. So, yeah, pleasing her about the task that is coming up was the only way that he found, that he found, finally able to talk to her. And Bolton was holding the the big light, and then Ellie was using the window, and then they find the trace that they find led them to the bathtub, and then they find they they found this. So I don't know what the name of the thing is, but it's this metal thing on the wall, and then Ellie says, "Oh, this thing has been unscrewed recently." One thing I didn't notice though, there was white chips on that metal thing. There was white chips on that thing. So Ellie screams it and then she realized that there is something tied to that and then she pulls the string and then Josh and Ellie realize that they find that they have found the whole dossier. Not only on the mods, but also on the person Lamont was supposed to kill. You're tell us that so, investigation. they find out that Lamont wasn't the first, wasn't the victim. He was supposed to be a killer. He was being blackmailed, blackmailed into committing a murder. He was supposed to kill Albert Santoni, aka Peter 
the Colati. Did I just say that correctly? I'm so sorry to our Italian listeners. I'm really sorry. And the one who killed the chef, sometimes I would like to go if I'm not mistaken. And the one who has killed himself. So, I'm just going to put Ali's explanation right here. So, they decide to go talk to Ellen. What's his name, Ray? Dr. Sakazia? No, no, no. Ellen, the first killer from season one, from the first episode. Ellen, her first. Yeah, that guy. It's a, if I remember correctly, it's a Jewish name. So I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. Sorry if I cannot pronounce it. Sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, so Ellen says that there will be more reckoning. Okay, so the definition of reckoning is the definition of reckoning is there's there are two definitions. The first one is the action or process of calculating or estimating something. Second, actually, there are three. Second definition, the state or experience of finding something funny, which is completely not the, the definition here. The third definition is a person's real opinion or judgment by patient reckoning. Third definition, a person's real opinion or judgment. I love history. I've been studying history all my own since I was 14. So I'm going to say this, all of this seems very very familiar in everything that so far the experiment with the mirrors and everything seems something really cute and K Ultra. It's also a song from Muse, but it was a thing, guys. It was a thing from the Cold War. So the MK Ultra. I'm just gonna say whatever it is on Wikipedia, okay? Was an illegal human imitation program designed and undertaken by the CIA intended to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used in interrogations to weaken individuals and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. It began in 1953 and was halted in 73. MKUltra used numerous methods to manipulate its subjects' mental states and brain functions, such as the... Okay, I'm not going to say the rest because there's a lot of names that I cannot say <laughs> that I cannot say without mistake and without saying anything wrong but what they are doing in this show it feels like a mix between NK Ultra and Big Brother not Big Brother the TV show but Big Brother the book which is literally a Big Brother watching you AI watching you shout out to George Orwell and his mind mind leaps of books exactly so, Max says that they need to find whoever killed him on. And the two victims were literally just collateral damage. And then we see the circle's house. The, the windows are covered in paper, like I just said it. And here's the reading a police file. I zoomed in on that day, you know, I put a saturation filter, I tried reading whatever he or she was reading it, but I couldn't. So I, I don't know, it, it appeared like a police file, it just could have been a book. But also we find out that he is seeing 
every he or she and see everything through a computer screen. So at this point, we kind of know that he's watching everything like a big brother. So back in the lab, Penny meets Bo to reassure her that it's okay to ask questions. Because the only way to be less stupid is to be stupid. Then can I just say something? Penny is out there representing all of us shy girls, shy boys, literally afraid to say something because we are think that we're gonna sound stupid. You're not gonna sound stupid if you ask something, okay? So Bowen and Penny, they ended up finding the locations where the killers where the killer mind lives. And the Chavez and Ali, they are the one that find the killer's house who has a large chemical burn on his face. And the killer, the actual the serial killer, is watching them through through the webcam on the Richard's house, Richard's killer, right? So Ellie freaks out. Then after Richard's attacked Chavez, and Richard says, Befallingly, the plan is in motion. We must not interfere. The basilisk, the basilisk commands me. Commands the path must be clear. The basilisk, basilisk, no basilisk. Never gonna be able to pronounce his words. That's why, when he said that, that's why I thought it was a mix between the Ultra and the Big Brother. So Chavez managed to stamp him and they tried to get him to desert palms, but he dies before he gets and Chavez just think that he's another lunatic. But then Ellie search whole search for what is it for what it is it that he was talking about. So I'm just gonna put her explanation here. These are our players, at least the ones we know. Now, all of these cases, all of these people are related. Okay, slow down. How do you think they're all connected? All of these people were treated by the same psychiatrist, one Dr. Leon Sarkisian. He electroshocked his patients in front of mirrors, kids with mental disorders. Alan Herskovitz, he killed Lynn Zobrist. And then he went after Lamont Moore. Lamont Moore, we know someone just took him out. Now, he had a file on Peter Nesicolace, a.k.a. Albert Santoni. Albert was the Italian-speaking dishwasher who killed Chef Dario Donnelly. So Lamont was interested in the case? No. He was interested in Albert before there ever was a case. Folsom and I found an old dossier stuffed in the overflow pipe of Lamont's motel bathtub, along with this note. Keep your secrets, call the rotten fruit. Someone was ordering Lamont to kill Albert. But he didn't, because Albert jumped off a building before we could arrest him. Hold on. No! Lamont never acted on the instructions he was given. He seemed like a troubled soul when we met him, but there was a sweetness in there. I think Lamont paid the price for resisting someone's command. Okay, so what's the link to Clarence and Shelby? Were they patients of this quack, Sarkeesian? No. 
And there's no connection to anyone else on the board. I, I mean, I think there's reason to believe that these two were innocent bystanders who just got caught up in this mess. Okay, well, the only person left alive on this board is Alan Herskovitz. We were already planning on paying him another visit. Let's talk to him and find out if the voice that was telling him to murder people was just in his head or if someone was whispering in his ear. They decide to go talk to Ellen. What's his name, Ray? Sarkazia? Dr. Sarkazia? No, no, no. Ellen, the, the first killer from season one, from the first episode. Ellen, her, her, her What's Chris? Yeah, that guy. It's a, if I remember correctly, it's a Jewish name. So I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. What? Sorry if I cannot pronounce it. Sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, so Ellen says that there will be more reckoning. Okay, so the definition of reckoning teaching is the definition of reckoning is there's there are two definitions. The first one is the action or process of calculating or estimating something. The second, actually, there are three. Second definition, the state or experience of finding something funny, which is completely not the, the definition here. The third definition is a person's real opinion or judgment by patient reckoning. The definition, a person's real opinion or judgment. I love history. I've been studying history on my own since I was 14. So, I'm going to say this, all of this seems very, seems very familiar in everything that, so far, the experiment with the mirrors, everything seems something really chill and K-Ultra. It's also a song from Muse, but it was a thing, guys. It was a thing from the Cold War. So, the MK-Ultra. I'm just going to say whatever it is on Wikipedia, okay? Was an illegal human imitation program designed and undertaken by the CIA intended to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used in the interrogations to weaken individuals and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. It began in 1953 and was halted in 73. MK Ultra used numerous methods to manipulate its subjects' mental states and brain functions, such as the... Okay, I'm not going to say the rest because there's a lot of names that I cannot say, <laughs> that I cannot say without mistake and without saying them wrong. But... What they are doing in this show, it feels like a mix between MK Ultra and Big Brother. Not Big Brother, the TV show, but Big Brother, the book, which is literally a Big Brother watching you, AI watching you. Shout out to George Orwell and his mind, mind leaps of books. Exactly. So. Max says that they need to find whoever killed him on 
and the two victims who were literally just collateral damage. And then we see the surrogate's house. The, the windows are covered in paper, like I just said it. And here's the reading a police file. I zoomed in on that day, you know, I put a saturation filter, I tried to read it, whatever he or she was reading it, but I couldn't. So I, I don't know, it, it appeared like a police file, it just could have been a book, but also we find out that he is seeing every, he or she is seeing everything through a computer screen. So at this point, we kind of know that he's watching everything like the big brother. So back in the lab, Penny meets Bo to reassures her that it is okay to ask questions because the only way to be less stupid is to be stupid. Then can I just say something? Penny is out there representing all of us shy girls, shy boys, literally afraid to say something because we are think that we're going to sound stupid. You're not going to sound stupid if you ask something, okay? So both Penny, they ended up finding the locations where the killers, where the killer man lives. And the Chavez and Allie, they are the ones that find the killer's house, who has a large chemical burn on his face. And the killer, the actual the serial killer, is watching them through his, through the webcam on the Richard's house, Richard's killer, right? So Ellie freaks out. Then after Richard attacked Chavez, and Richard says, "We follow me." The plan is in motion. We must not interfere. The basilisk, the basilisk commands me. Commands. The path must be clear. The basilisk, basilisk, no basilisk. Never gonna be able to pronounce his words. That's why, when he said that. That's why I thought it was a mix between Empey Ultra and the Big Brother. So Chavez managed to stamp him and they tried to get him to Desert Palms, but he dies before he gets and Chavez just think that he's another lunatic. But then Ellie search whole search for what is it for what it is it that he was talking about. So I'm just gonna put her explanation here. You'll make it. You did the best you could. Did he tell you anything? Even while he was bleeding to death, Sloane kept talking about the basilisk. What a basilisk. I looked it up. It's an internet thought experiment about an omniscient artificial intelligence. Like Siri? On meth. 
Supposedly, in the future, the basilisk will torment anyone who doesn't do its bidding. So in Sloane's mind, we're all doomed. Sloane believed this AI was talking to him from the future, telling him to kill Lamont Moore. So, why does a sci-fi villain want to kill a hotel janitor? True believers in the basilisk think the AI will kill anyone who tries to stop its rise to power, or anyone who fails to help it. So, if the Basilisk told Sloane to kill Lamont, well, I'm sure it made a lot more sense once he stopped taking his hollow peridol. So, meanwhile, back in reality, Sloane's being manipulated by somebody. Just like Alan Haskovitz. I don't think it's a computer or a disembodied voice or the Easter Bunny talking to either of them. No. I mean, odds are it's the same person behind all of it. Whoever it is, I got the feeling they're not done. And Catherine, in fact, in the locker room, in the CSI locker room, Catherine encouraged Penny to speak up when she had something to say. And Penny realized, and then when she has something to say, when she has an opinion, because she is being paid to speak her opinion, not to sit around until someone asks her to let it. And, okay, so, Allie is leaving the lab, and, once again, <laughs> Chuck just like, wants to, what, what does he say? Says, he's gonna take Serena home, and probably want to watch reality shows, and drink some type of alcohol. Do you want to go study some more? I would literally be like, no, I don't want to let my brain relax. You need to relax a little bit before you take a big, huge test. You don't. Well, and then, oh, this, this scene really hurts every ransom stand out there. You know, every ransom being out there. Okay, this scene breaks all of our hearts. Ellie tells tells Josh that when uh, she was in that situation with Chavez and Richard, how she was thinking about was him, and Josh is the most important person in the world for her advance, and they couldn't be friends anymore because. We couldn't be together because he was with Chavez and Schneebs and Josh doesn't know what to do. Josh doesn't know what to do. And honestly, as a Ransom family, I would love nothing more than for Josh to break up with Serena, be with Allie, but I really like Serena. And I don't want to see her hurt, you know? So, well, then we go over to Catherine and Max, who are talking in front of a laptop, looking through some documents. The document closes on its own. Penny slams the laptop shut. Yep. And Penny tells them that the, they are being, 
Richard was being watched, then so were they. And they were they were being watched by a remote by a rat remote access Trojan Trojan? Whatever. So and you said it correctly. And then they realized that the three of them realized that that could potentially like if that computer was connected to any of the CSI computers. It could have taken over all the labs. And then yep. we go to the, the to the to the layer, you know, to the white layer. And you know something I find that really that get that got me on my noggin was the fact that the 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 bad legs he cuts the eyes from the picture. Eyes specifically. Not the whole face, but the eye. Like what what does that mean? What is the meaning of them? I need to know. But unfortunately we'll only get the answer to that in January. In about two weeks, so don't worry. So we're gonna come back next week, okay? Don't worry, okay? We're gonna be back next week for you guys with Brie, what it's what are we talking about next week? We haven't discussed it. We haven't discussed it, yeah. I was planning on doing a Christmas episode and then Brie told me that this episode is coming out like three days before Christmas. So I guess we'll have to do a New Year's episode. <laughs> you know what? Well, I maybe we might do an episode about one character that might be coming back. Oh, we definitely could do a breakdown of Gregory. Okay, so next week's episode, what are we talking about next week, Bree? CSI former CSI level three, Gregory Hojum Sanders. We're talking about him. Why? Because he's coming back in CSI Vegas. We don't know when in January. We just we know don't know when in January. We just know it's January, so it could be in any of the episodes. Of that month. Yeah. We love you guys so, so much. Love y'all. Happy holidays. Happy Happy Kwanzaa. Christmas. Uh, we love you guys so much. And... If Christmas is not the way you think, if Christmas is not the way. And Happy Yule. We can't forget about Yule. Yeah. If, if Christmas is not the way you, it's been idealized, you know, it, it, it's not a problem. Okay. If you need to separate yourself from a situation that is no longer being beneficial to you. Then that is completely okay. okay. Just be safe, okay? We love you guys. Bye. Bye.